So with 500 metres to go, Snap Dancer is the leader in the million dollar Memzi. By three quarters of a length, the call sign Mav. Western Empire peels three wide. Lightsaber the inside, then Tafane. Alligator Blood is tracking up behind those, then Dragon Leap. And I'm thunderstruck to the outside. Snap Dancer went for home though. 200 metres to go, two and a half lengths in front of Western Empire. Call sign Mav. I'm thunderstruck and Dragon Leap. But Snap Dancer, 100 metres to go, still clear. I'm thunderstruck. We're it down. Snap Dancer needs the line, but won it. Snap Dancer and Neck. I'm thunderstruck. Cascadian for fourth a photo. Western Empire or Dragon Leap. Then came Alligator Blood. Call sign Mav nonconformist. Elephant Lightsaber. Well back in the field. Tafane Zarek. Dewis and Elation a long way back. G'day punters and welcome to the Memsey Stakes Day review. Uh, it's just myself and Nick tonight, and it might be a bit of a somber podcast. Uh, Bit of, bit of flatness around. A couple of, <laughs> a couple of Nico's favourite horses went down over the weekend, and it's been a bit of a slow burn. Um, and now we're having a couple <laughs> issues recording, but we'll get through it. We'll get it out to the punters. Nico, we've seen better days. We have. <laughs> and these technical issues aren't making things any easier because I have to go through the pain all again. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, I'm a bit flat, as you can hear in my voice, but I wasn't going to leave you on a lurch as much as I had crossed my mind over the last 24 hours about not fronting up, but got to do the right thing and uh, live to fight another day. It'll be right. That's exactly right. We'll learn more from losing, unfortunately, than we do from winning. Uh, obviously, that was Snap Dancer. You heard in the intro, winning the Memsey. We'll get to her in a second, but we'll... Cracking, race one, benchmark 78, uh, over 2,000 metres. It was Spanish Tides taking it out for Luke Oliver. The story of the race was probably the, the betting with Storm King. This horse did map to get the uncontested lead and kind of drifted leading up to the race out to $4.60 and then crunched back into $3.50 late. Uh, he's led at good fractions here. He's gone nine lengths above the all-average to the 600 and when you have a race shape that's going this fast, the type of ideal run that you need is one with cover just tucked away in behind the speed, and that's exactly what Blake Shin did on the winner. Yeah, well, Storm King was always going to go at a reasonably solid clip, coming off those wet tracks back to a drier track to just try and take the sting out of him and, and have him chase. But yeah, Shinny gave this thing a peach in behind. Um, yeah, all credits winner. You could probably follow Protection Money in a lesser light race, maybe back to a midweek or something like that. But yeah, the others have got some convictions. If you were still batting up for American Angel on Saturday, well, you're probably a little stupid more than forgiving. So yeah, you don't really want to be following heaps from this race into the spring. I wouldn't have thought. Yeah, that's exactly right. These these kind of benchmark races will start to disappear as the cards get better. Uh, the next race was a 1,400-metre benchmark 90 handicap. Punters got this one spot on. Um, it was Lady of Honor, $3 into $2.50, and she leads all the way. She gets complete control of the race. She runs her own race in front, and she proves too slick. Yeah, all credits winner here. Was given a peach. Um, she's probably the only one that you wanted to follow out of the race. She's the only one that's probably got that bottom end black type about her. Um, 
Yeah, I think it was more so tempo related rather than any sort of track bias. Just a perfectly timed ride. They didn't go very hard. and When you don't go very hard and you do no work in front, you're going to prove very hard to run down. And that's the case here. Yep, that's exactly right. Race three, benchmark 78, 1400 metres. It was Murumek, the import for Nick Ryan, uh, obviously coming down from Hong Kong and 100% owned by Clinton Hutchinson. It's been well documented. This horse was absolutely truckloaded in betting. I think it might have been 20 to 1 all in. It's gone into $10. It's come into $6 at the jump. And I think it started even shorter on the totes. Like I saw. 470, it's paid a four, yeah. s- 470 on the tote. 470 on the tote. Nuts. And to be honest, it's quite a stylish win. And I think we can follow him. Yeah, absolutely. He's probably the only one that you want to follow out of the race. Um, it was a perfectly good ride. I didn't actually realise you don't, the little things that you don't pick up when you're on track. And then when you're obviously doing your own reviews and listening to other people, Dan Lester pointed it out uh, today that it was actually the perfect ride from Blake Shin. The way he got that three-wide cover, he sort of um, he dictated to Cardinal Gem early. And, yeah, Geordie sort of gave him the perfect cut into the race. Um, it looks destined for a lot better things than the race he faced on Saturday, but the others you sort of don't want to follow, I wouldn't have thought. Cardinal Gem isn't just a hateful horse to punters, as we sort of found out <laughs> continuing on the weekend. Um, yeah, your mate Pescaro, I know he was three wide doing all the work, but... I think he's a non-winner anyway, so time for you to give him up, I reckon. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a fan. I'm not a, like a massive fan of the horse. I just thought this was his race. If if he was going to win one, and he's ran a gallant race, but I think it's winner winner only here. Uh, one thing we got to yeah. note is that Blake Sheen is back, and he's back in a big way. He's had his last ten rides. He's had four winners and four place getters. Um, so Spanish Tides, Muramek, Mr. News and Uncorked are his winners and then he's had the likes of Cascadian, Sheasel Class placed at a massive price, we know Wilbur was kicking up for, for it and then Boars for Wallace um, and Snappy Magnus was the other place getter so he's back um, we know he's one of the better riders around the world, not only in Australia and his balance is just it's as good as it gets yeah, absolutely um, once he just adapts to Australian racing rules again, he'll be right. Obviously, he's going to um, have a little week off due to a, a whip breach uh, that he's got seven meetings or eight meetings for. Um, but yeah, that's a little... I'm sure it's not going to be a little dint in his momentum. It'll just be a little freshen up. He's the ultimate professional. Shinny, as, we've, um, as you've seen in his preparations since coming back to Australia, so... Yeah, he's uh he's in for a very big spring carnival, and there's going to be a lot of nervous jockeys in the jockey room because he will be breathing fire, and before too long, he could cement himself right up the top there if he isn't already. Yep, exactly right. Fourteen hundred meter handicap was race four, and Peter Moody's smart New Zealand import "I Wish I Win" has bolted in here by four lengths. Uh, yet again, another one who was smashed in betting. Nico, you and I were sticking up for this guy on the podcast. It was one of the few really nice winners we had on the day. 
Uh, I think it was seven dollars was available. Um, he's been crunching to three seventy. He's even started shorter than that. I think he started two dollars fifty, and this is a win. Two fifty on the tote, two ninety fixed. Yeah, crazy, crazy win. Um, obviously, you and I were both keen, as you touched on. I thought we'd see something good. I didn't think, I didn't think we'd see something this good. Like it's one by four, ease down. Um, yeah, it's a horse destined for for better better things than what it raced against on Saturday. Um, yeah, gal- obviously to Australia now gelding. There was hype for a reason. That's for sure. Yeah, and he was. The race was about ten minutes after Imperatrice had just won the Group Two sprint um, at Tarapa. Obviously, this horse was only just over a length off Imperator's last campaign. So, this New Zealand form could be one of the better, you know, one of the better crops that they've had in in recent years. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm very, very excited to see Imperator's when she comes over to Australia for races like the Empire Rose and uh, whatever else they set her for, really. Um, yeah, the form looks pretty solid. I know Dragon Leap ran Imperatrice to a couple of lengths first up this campaign, and he was only beaten three and a half in a Memsey. So the form looks relatively good um, for the first time in a while, and yeah, she could be the heir apparent to Melody Bell, and there's a few smarter judges in New Zealand than myself that think she could be better than Melody Bell, so I suppose only time will tell. Huge call. And we'll... Uh, It'll be good to be good to see the uh, Tiakau colours back in Australia. Obviously, they've sent a couple of good ones over in the over the journey. Um, but yeah, she's uh, she's definitely exciting. Yeah, just back on the winner, he's into three dollars fifty favourite for the Rupert Clark. Obviously, the fourteen hundred metre handicap. Um, so that's massive, uh, and you can kind of see why. All the all the punters are kind of keen to get involved. It's ran the fastest four to the two, uh, sorry, the fourth fastest four to the two of the whole meeting here, and that was really evident on the visual. He's kind of just stormed down the outside and put pay to them in a couple strides. Um, they've gone reasonably fast here. Um, punting form has it just even, but 8.2 lengths above the all benchmark to the 600 is still pretty good going, um, and he's produced a. A final end figure of 10, 10.8 above the old benchmark and, and the last 600 of 9.6. So that's a serious that's a serious oh. turn of foot and a serious acceleration. The only other horse I wanted yeah. to stick up for was yep. Gentleman Roy. I think he'll be a bet next start. That was a good first up performance and he'll only get better with fitness and out, out to a mile. Yeah, the other one that I'll kick up for was the half-saver that I was interested in. It was just never run to suit this race in Banker's Choice. Um, yeah, he was a long way back and he was never going to never gonna feature in the finish, but up in trip, maybe next start or in two starts time with a bit better of a race shape to suit. And uh, yeah, you'll see a better, better improved racehorse than what you saw on Saturday with him. But all on his winner happily follow Gentleman Roy next start potentially if he's not flat you just you wouldn't want to see him on a quick backup I no. wouldn't think hopefully he has two two or three weeks off and he's back finds another suitable yeah. race three three minimum you'd think 
race five, it was a McNeil. It was the first feature of the day. It was 1,200 metre group three for the three-year-olds. Jack and O for the price in Kent team. Um, he was one of the better runs in the Blue Diamond, obviously coming from well off the pace on a on a day that was dominated leader bias. And this has got to be one of the rides of the day by Damien Lane to get in, get him in a position that was close enough to, to pounce. Yeah, well, if you told me that he was going to be this close in the run, then I probably would have been with him. But, um, yeah, absolutely smashed late in betting. $8 into five fifty late. Um, yeah, just always was in a prominent position at the top of the straight. You knew that there was one horse that was probably going to win. Half Cabin was held up for a few strides, and who knows whether that's really affected its finish, but... 1,400 metres back to 1,200 metres. Half Cabin was going to need the perfect perfect race shape and, and it didn't quite get that, unfortunately, for us who were on him. But, yeah, Jack and O looks like he's come back a better three-year-old, so be interesting to see if he can go on with it now. Um, Tijuana, obviously a huge run. Missed the start by two or three lengths and, you know, took gaps through the field. You can look for it out and trip. Its, it's goal will be a guineas maybe even further. Um, it definitely outrun its SP profile of $51, only beaten three. And He's Heaven is another horse that I want to follow out of it, maybe towards something like a Stutt Stakes. That's normally a race that Moods has liked to have one for over the time. He was only beaten just under three and a half, um, which is pretty good, really, because I don't, I don't think he's a, he's a top shelf where the other top two probably are. Um, yeah, I think that mile sort of group two area will, group two, group three area will be his sweet spot, and um, yeah, he could go to that sort of race. My early prediction with Dormier is looking pretty good at the moment. I thought <laughs> that he might just be a two-year-old, um, and he went absolutely horrible on Saturday, so um, it's looking like I may be right, but yeah, I suppose you'll will know in a couple more runs time if he if he gets that far. Yep. What was the go with Zambagini? We've seen this horse be up on the pace in, in its um, two wins so far, this prep. Um, and he's kind of sat at sat the back and, and never really made an impression. It was a proper barrier trial for the looks of it. Mm. I don't think he jumped as good as he has previously and he was just back in the ruck. And it is a day where you couldn't be back and come random. You had to sort of go through them. So True. There wasn't too many you... big runs that have been right down the outside. So, yeah, you probably would have wanted to see a little bit more. Like he's, I don't think he jumped as badly six. as everyone kind of thinks. I think it was no. just... It was negative just tactics, but was... yeah, he might, he might not be up to them anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be dropping nice. off half cabin. He did cop a bit of interference at the top of the straight, and then coming back from 14 to 12, he's had to shoulder his way clear, and he just didn't have the, the turn of foot to match the winner, who we know is a proper good 1,200-metre horse, Jack and O. So I wouldn't be dropping off half cabin. He started even money, which is was a massive go. Um, we thought he was too short at kind of at the price he was when we were, we were recording, and the money just kept coming. So that's good signs for a, for a horse of his calibre. Race six, yeah, absolutely. Was the McCafe yeah. Stakes Group Three, eleven hundred meters. 
Um, what were your what was kind of going through your head with this ride on in the boat? Well, I suppose that's half the battle when we record on a Thursday night and I try not to absorb as much information as possible before recording. I try to just look at it and make a judgment on how I see it. I try not to listen to outside opinions because I feel like it can cloud your judgment. This Mm. instance was probably somewhere where I should have because I was very keen that if he was here, he was here to play. Um, He'd go to the front and like he has every other start in his career, he's going to prove very hard to run past. Well, post-recording, had I found out what I knew, I probably wouldn't have been tipping him because his fitness was always going to give out late, so everyone said, and they weren't too fussed um, on what his result was. Like, if he didn't win, they weren't going to be too disappointed. So had I known that, my my thought process might have been a little bit different, but in the end, it wouldn't have mattered because there would have been more pain because I would have backed generation. I was never back and shooting for gold. So, um, yeah, interesting sort of ride on in the boat, but you listen to Dino, who's one of the part owners, they weren't at all fussed. That was all part of the plan. He was just to jump, stay out there, glide across at his own sort of pace. Wherever he ran, he ran. They weren't Mm. too bothered. I understand that, but... So, I don't know. He, He jumped in front. They didn't really cross to the fence, and then generation. He jumped. He pinged the lids like he usually does, and he and he still didn't he, find he the fence super. because generation has kicked up and held the fence, and he's been kind of stuck out there in the in the death chair position. Well, it actually, wasn't generation's fault. It was Red Care Man. Red Care Man was the one who kept forcing the issue. Yeah, I'm not saying it's. Yeah, I know. So, I, yeah, I know what you mean. I don't know. I just thought I was just anyway. a little bit surprised. Um, the race, yeah. Oh, as I as was I. The race has gone okay. This shooting for gold has always been a consistent good horse in Queensland, and he's finally—I won't say finally—but he's landed a decent race um, here in Victoria. There was a little bit of interference right on the post, but he was the deserved winner, and he was—it was one full of momentum. Yeah, well, that's what's—that's what's half helped him in the protest that he had all the momentum coming because he's rather than it being a half head he's won by a little bit more than that and it was enough to not be overturned but um, yeah all credits to him I couldn't have had him but that's uh, that's how racing goes sometimes Star Patrol did exactly what I thought he'd do crab around the corner yeah, um, no it's Flemington probably Curran was a big run I'm not sure a, if you he's just a dead set I'm not sure if you've gone I back and watched the Karen's run of Karen, but he's yeah, he's gone uh, huge, huge. Um, so yeah, we know he we know he Star Patrol will finish. go to the Gill guy next start. Yeah, but yeah, Curran, he's but he's he's going to be his own worst enemy now. He's lost any early pace. He just flops out the back. So this has got heartbreak written all over it. If that's going to be him now, get back, run on. I think in an easier race he can he can find a race, but yeah, it's it's definitely not ideal. Star Patrol back to Flemington, um, follow Generation for sure. He'll be better once he gets a little bit fitter. 
you can follow in the boat as well. I oh, think it's don't still, drop still off in nice the race. boat. In yeah, the boat will sure. be right. Yeah. Alrighty. Race 7, Cochrane. Group 3, 1,200 metres. It was Chain of Lightning, um, who has produced uh, a really good turn of foot late, and she has won the race courtesy of the perfect Jamie Carr ride. Obviously, a little bit of a disappointment in the race was passive-aggressive. Um, she's led here at even fractions, and she's just hasn't had the same acceleration. Geordie said to us that he kind of gave her a squeeze approaching the turn, and there was just nothing there, and he was uh, he was concerned from was, there yeah, on in. He was, yeah. Um, but yeah, a bit of a heartbreaking bit of a hard one to take here we were, we were obviously keen best bet of the day and we'd spoken to Geordie earlier in the week but it's definitely definitely not dropping off her by any means oh no she's still a star I'm not she hasn't uh, she hasn't my opinion of her hasn't changed from one run um, look yeah I understand why she was there and like when you're dissecting the race you can understand why that they thought she was probably going maybe better than what she was. Maybe she did need a rest, but she's such a high cruising speed horse. She's still been working the house down. But at the end of the day, you don't really know how they're going until you press the button. Like, Geordie wouldn't be pressing a button at track work. So she's just cruising along under her own steam. Of course she's going fast, but you don't really know until you press the button on Saturday, do you? So... Yeah, yeah. She she really gave. She really had enough that last fifty. Like she looked like she was still going to run second, and she really threw the towel in late. Um, but yeah, she's earned herself a rest now. It's one of those. I don't know, I don't know, know if it's been confirmed that she's definitely how, going. How far do you keep going? I don't know if it's been confirmed that she's definitely going to the paddock just yet. I'd be. I'd be surprised if they pushed on. Hmm. Yeah, like there's a lot more to lose here than gain. I think. Yeah, um, I, I kind of agree. I heard yeah, some commentary. It's one of those things you keep. You... There you go. I heard some commentary saying, "Oh, get her back down the straight um, at Flemington," but I, I don't think. I don't think that's. Oh, it's got nothing to do with that. Yeah. Nah. More the fact that she's had. What a lot of people are, are still forgetting is it's her first racing preparation. So she's come a long way. She's come from a maiden to black type all in one preparation. At, at the end of the day, it's going to get to a time where she's had enough. It's a pretty fine line between you know making the hard decision and going to the paddock or keeping going. This is the downside and... If you keep going, like they did with Snap Dancer, you can look like an absolute genius. So, it's, um, yeah, people are pretty quickly to to judge and say, oh, she should have gone to the paddock, she should have this, she should have that. Well, she was $2.60 into $1.90. There wasn't too much she should have been going to the paddock before the gates had opened on Saturday. So, yeah. Yeah, don't, I think... Don't, uh, don't be so quick to judge her, no. is all I'm going to say. Obviously, you've got to give credits to this chain of lightning. Um, she's unbeaten now. Five and this is also five. this is also what 
that's also what hurts the most. What? That chain of lightnings have been one of my horses. Gets it hurts more when you get beat by one of your horses on one of your other horses. Yeah. That's that's a hard pill to swallow. Yeah, I still think passive aggressive's best will be beating chain of lightning in good time. But uh, yeah, one mare no, showed no her doubt. best, and the other didn't. Uh, Wilbur was sticking up for she's all class and she's run a bottler at you know forty to one. So hats off there, Blake Shin in the sh- in the saddle. Um, but yeah, those the fast are... tempo, all the faster tempo was her. She's appreciated. Yeah, I think she had the blinkers on and kiss on all four cheeks was the other horse that is definitely worth following up to fourteen hundred meters. She's ran a nice race, and we know she's she's a uh, she's got class in spades. We'll move on to the Memsey. Yep. Race 8, Group 1, 1,400 metres. Um, we've said in the in the pre-race that this race is often won by a horse that can settle on speed because they often don't go a gallop and it's usually won by a horse who's kind of drawn closer to the fence and that's exactly what this horse was, Snap Dancer. Um, she's gone slow here for... For a Group 1 race, she's only gone 5.1 lengths above the all benchmark to the 600. And Fit Horse, they were just never catching it. No, well, um, yeah, she was just given a perfect ride from Brownie, so um, I don't know what there is to say. It was a pretty flattening race. I know Will will want... I know cool. Will would have would have really uh, wanted to touch on this if he was on the podcast tonight, but just elaborating on those perfect sectionals, Ethan Brown has gone, this is from the 12 to the post, he's gone 11.44, 11.80, 11.80, 11.60, and then she's gotten tired late and gone 12.40 from the 2 to the winning post. So that is the perfect front-running ride on a horse like this who... I still don't think she gets a strong 1,400 metres in a fast-run race against, um, you know, against this opposition. If it, if it was a fast-run race later in their preparations, they're all fitter. And she probably still hasn't. She's run a 12.40 her last furlong. Um, but this ride was just sensational. There's, there's no other way to put it. I'm Thunderstruck. He's gone really super. That's the perfect platform for him first up. See it two. See you in two weeks. Sixteen hundred meters. HQ. Maccabi Diva. Perfect yep. setup for I'm Thunderstruck. Maccabi. Cascadian. Good run. Dragon Leap. Massive tick. Western Empire. Uh, he was ridden a little bit warm, and I just don't think he's gotten through the soft track yeah, at all. T- touch. Touch close. Um, t- but d- just. Well, I don't know. I don't know about the track, but he was definitely close. Too close. I think. I can understand why he was probably prominent. He did jump very well and probably wasn't all too much frost you could do because when they jump well and you snag him back, sometimes they can just be chasing too hard and he probably didn't want to give him a gut buster. He thought he could just nurse him there, but that's taken away from his finish, I believe. If you watch, go back and watch this horse in WA. He's got one of the best turn of foots that you'll see. Yep. It's just electric when that button's pressed, so... Obviously, him being ridden closer is taken away from his finish, so I'm not prepared to pen him yet. Not at all. I think he's definitely better than that. Um, yeah. 
other runs in the race. He's been a little bit colder, I think. Alligator blood, a little bit unlucky. Kind of got chopped out. I think that's just a barrier trial. I'd be forgiving of him. The two big disappointments of the race, we must touch on it. Tafane, uh, I've single-handedly put her into retirement, being so keen on her. Uh, She was a... Western Empire meant she was a a pair further back in the run, um, but when when the whips got cracking, she just had absolutely nothing to give uh that looks like that's the end of her and she'll be retired again there's no way she can be returning again off that i wouldn't think this is the worst she's ever gone especially at 1400 meters and elation um apparently he's had a couple of breathing problems but this is just definitely not what you wanted to see kicking he off was very he was very culty before the race um and as you know, well, we'll never know that that could have he might have run his race beforehand. But there's a lot of people out here, and this is what frustrates me. There's a lot of people out there that were saying, "Oh, he's no good. He hasn't beaten anything." Blah blah blah. Well, that's fine. You don't have to believe that he's a good horse. But if Mick Price is going to say that this is one of the best horses that he's trained, and Jamie Carr's been quoted to say this is one of the best horses she's ever sitting on. If you still want to think he's not much good, well, probably you probably can't be helped because those two know a fair bit more than the average person. They work with these horses and, yeah, they would know. So back to the drawing board. Um, they will go over him with a fine-tooth comb by the sounds of it. And, um, yeah, there'll be a bit of gear applied to him next up by the sounds of it, tongue-tied, maybe crossover noseband. Yep. Something of the sort, but yeah, you can't pen him off this. No. One and he was can... in a position where he wasn't really going to be running on. He was back and wide, and not many horses could sustain that run anyway. Yeah, the draw was cast. One thing we can pen him on yeah. is the Rupert Clark. We've learnt that he won't be going there. His rating won't be good enough to get into the race, so they'll likely be targeting other options and trying to get him into the Golden Eagle another way. Uh, the only other thing I wanted to say. The before the Golden Eagle. Yeah, that is true. If you can get into that, he will need to win a handicap. Um, yeah. He'll need to do similar to what Ayrton did and just win a, a, a decent yeah. handicap. Um, the, the other interesting thing I just wanted to touch on quickly before we go to the last snap dancer. Um, you know, on punting form and a lot of places, her she probably hasn't. Like she's 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 um ran well and she's gone, you know, eleven above the all benchmark overall, which is a good rating. But I was just surprised about how well she rated on Dan O'Sullivan's ratings. She's gone one oh four, which is a serious that's a serious rating. I'm pretty sure the Cox plate was only one oh six or one oh seven last year, so it's just uh interesting to see how uh you know, different different ratings guys rate different uh, performances. Mm. Race nine, it was the Headley Stakes, seventeen hundred meters. Uh, I'm kicking myself a little bit here because the the form was on the board to say a mystery was a bet at around the ten dollars mark into eight dollars. Had some first up form around Cascadian, wasn't far off it. Um, I know a couple people who have had good bets on this and, and they've landed the cash unfortunately we backed Uncle Bryn all in 
$15. I still think that would have been one of the better bets of the race, but not to be. He looks like he's going around in the fiend at weight for age and tackling Mr. Brightside again this week. So don't understand that. But <laughs> just, just, just when my day wasn't going bad enough. Let's yeah. just touch on a few of the all-in bets that we had. So you've already touched on Uncle Uncle Bryn. I'd backed Hayes Al Bonneval at $76. was as short Scratched. as $10 before scratching race morning. I'd backed No Effort at $11. was $6. I'd backed Jimmy the Bear at $8. Starts $3. Oh. Barbie's Fox. This race was hateful from the get-go. Barbie's Fox. What price did you get Barbie Swox at? At 80s, 27s. Runs fifth. Adelaide, Adelaide Ace. Ace at $61. Oh. So we've uh, we've bet Hate all around it race. now. And we've, we've still come up short. Um, I was really interested in how fast no effort kind of went. We know uh, history kind of tells us they kind of rack and stack in this race. We've... You know, the fit horses and a lot of... Hold on um, a second. Charlie Rose hasn't helped anything here. Charlie Rose being an absolute pest. True, but it's still... But even that... Out of a little rhythm. But that's still surprising how... Why would Charlie Rose want to go this fast, resuming at a 1,700 metre race when she's got cups to target? Just baffling. I don't know. She's off in the chair. They've gone nearly 10 lengths yeah, above the old benchmark to the 600. And this is the heavily stakes we're talking about. Head scratcher. Anyway. Yeah, we'll go. We'll go quickly to Sydney. Um, let me get it up here. Stand by. Uh, there was a couple nice performances. We won't touch on... We won't touch on that earlier in the card. Frumos was... We're not, touch, we're not talking about was, Frumos. That was uh, <laughs> flat. Um, I'm, sick. I'm sick of that horse. Fire. I just want to quickly touch on Fire. I'm done with it. This horse missed the start, and then it's come around him, and it's shied away from the whip again and cost itself the race. Obviously, this guy's form was looking really good, Um chain of lightning has franked the form so it's a good horse but it's just doing too much wrong at the moment it threw the weight race away missed the start and has drifted out violently again um we got a touch on the up and coming 1300 meters it was a group three kaboo has absolutely pulled their pants down here and he might be half a horse mm, absolutely good run it was um, he does look like a Rose Hill horse we kind of Will and I kind of thought mm, has he just PR'd his whole life maybe has he done it again here maybe but the impressive thing is he's run he's run real slick home so could he win a Golden Rose potentially Gonna give himself it. He's gonna give himself every chance. Yeah, he'll be on the speed, and we know these gay bot horses. Once they're up and running, fit, and they get their own way in front, they're very hard to run down. Sweet Ride won the San Domenico 
at a big price. Um, not sure how. I don't know <laughs> what they're doing with this best of Bordeaux. They've taken away its biggest asset. Yeah, it's cruising speed. Like, why, is it, why is it not going forward? Yeah. What are you doing? This is yeah. why the horse was such a good two-year-old, because it went forward in its races. That's where I thought it was going. If I knew that they were going to do something silly like this, I wouldn't have backed it. Yeah. No, I Frustrating. I agree with all that. Um, imagine being Cornwall right now, just paid the big bucks for it, and all of a sudden they're kind of at the crossroads. It needs to perform next start. A bit like us, at the crossroads with it, needs to perform next start. <laughs> <laughs> or else it's going to stud without oh a group my one. God. Race 10, we'll save the best to last. Shades of Rose, what a ripping mare uh, this girl is. Out of 1,200 metres, that was probably the little knock for some people. She'd been winning at 1,100 metres and she just needed to extend it out. But J-Mac has sat second here. She's powered away for a four and a half length victory. They've gone fast. Her overall figure is 10.9 lengths above the old benchmark. Um, serious, serious horse. Well, it's funny you say that because I did say that she was a proper, proper racehorse when she'd won that benchmark 78. Mm. There would have been a few people listening to this podcast and going, Nico is an absolute idiot. What is he going on about? Well, each time they raise the bar, so does she. She's a proper horse and she might be even better than I thought she was. So... The way she's going, there's no no bridge too far. Um, she keeps answering the calling at the moment, so she puts herself in spots to win races, and that's all you can ask for. She's got a big heart, and she tries. Yep. That was obviously only a benchmark 88, but she looks every bit group class if she can just uh, keep progressing. That was it for Sydney. There's only one... Well, she did. It, it was a one out. 101 on Dan O'Sullivan's ratings and he said that was right, like that's right in the group 2 group 3 sort of average mark what yeah. she's doing yeah so. just whether she can um, she can do that with better horses around her a little bit more pressure up there up there for the lead um, it'll yeah. be interesting she's I think she's 3 or 4 runs I think she's 4 runs into a campaign now so she she won't have too much left in her um, it'll just be interesting how Bjorn no. manages her the only other race I wanted to touch on outside uh, one more race I wanted to touch on before we go to the jumps was It's Me race 8 Eagle Farm and she's returned in a in a big way here she got out to $4.40 um, at stages of betting and she has produced a last 600 metre figure of 116 above the old benchmark. She's run the fastest two of the posts of the day, the fastest final 200 metres. Um, we know she had this talent. She won the Kosciuszko in similar fashion, absolutely sprouting wings down the outside. And it was just really, it was really good to see her back to winning ways. She's a, she's a very, very nice man. Half kicking myself, I didn't end up backing her in the end. I sort of just wanted to see her come back. Hmm and do it and that she did really um, 
Not much else to say. It's good to see her back because she's a proper, proper horse. She's been a favourite of mine over the time. She's been a good horse to me. So, yeah, I'll, I'm glad to see that she's back and I look forward to backing her in starts to come. Good stuff. It's right. probably worth mentioning Dallas in, in Adelaide as well. True. True, true, true. We'll quickly touch on it. Um, I ended up... I, I kind of mentioned on the podcast I could get... Uh, just folk could get me. He did end up getting me. It wasn't a big bet by any means, but a bit of a sick watch to be uh, to see the big boy Dallasan steaming home down the outside and just nailing us. Uh, it was a second protest for the day, and it was yet again another one that was too close to the line. Dallasan, he had all the momentum, so no real knocks on them dismissing the protest. Um. Look, if he didn't win this race, he was completely in the chair, but he has he has won it, so he uh, he lives to fight another day, old Dallasan. He does. He does, he does. Matt Stewart on RSN, he's a proper... He's a clown. Saying Dallasan should get a spot in a cox plate because he deserves one. <laughs> Give me a spell. Give me a spell. <laughs> yeah, I think you'll need to show a little bit more before... That will be no happy. one deserves a spot in the cox plate. You've got to earn yourself a spot in the cox plate. They don't give him out for the bloody sympathy votes. <laughs> Fuck yeah, he did run in the race last year and uh, he was beaten a long, long way out. So, yeah, things... Uh, Just a horse that's going to get in someone else's way if he's in the race. <laughs> Yeah, he's been a grand old campaigner. I like him, but like he's 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 not the same horse that he once was. So it's to stop beating the drums. Yep, fair. Sunday jumps, couple nice performances, couple winners. Obviously, we didn't get the we didn't get the the cash in the big one, which was a a little bit disappointing, a little bit flat. But what else can you tell us about the day? Yeah, well, that's you've put that nicely. To, we'll get on that at the end but obviously we're pretty keen that this was a race in two well was a race in one and a half and we absolutely nailed that Porky Arm super super horse on the flat superior to anything in this race really um, yeah this was a great win um, he's a very smart horse he's a, he's a pretty good jumper from what professors had to say and he looks like he will definitely um, have a new lease on life on the up and overs. Whether that's, this is just a little pep up for him and he goes back to something over the flat. Um, obviously, it's a long wait between now and uh, now and next season, so I wouldn't be surprised if he goes back to something over the flat, but he looks like he's definitely going to make the grade. WT improved his manners slightly, Um Furioso did get pretty tight on him uh, late in the race, but I, it wouldn't have mattered. He was never going to beat Port Guillaume. But he'll knock his maiden off early next season. Race two, we said, was a hateful race. Still is a Skip. hateful race. Skip. I ended up back in good... Uh, yeah. We don't want to talk about it. Fabulot, he can't stay, and he's been blessed to win by 25. Shows you how... Uh, Legless. How bad that race was. So this, 
the third race, which was the got to take care hurdle. Unfortunately, there wasn't too much taking care. This was the worst watch of the day, with three horses not making it round. Two of horses that were in the fall, Yulong Rising and Chains of Honour, both escaped any injuries, but unfortunately, the one fatality for the day was by design, who was pulled up on the flat. Um, didn't quite make it, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, in the in the preview, when we were doing the podcast on Thursday night, I sort of said that I could probably lean Castro over Chains of Honour. Yeah, well, Nico didn't lean Castro over Chains of Honour come Sunday. I ended up back in Chains of Honour. That's right. I, I tipped Castro for listeners you. will be pretty happy because I... T- <laughs> the listeners will be pretty happy because I basically tipped Castro to beat Chains, but I didn't really follow my own advice. I did get something out of Castro in the end. I backed it into into Balak one and the next, but we'll never know whether Chains would have beaten Castro. There's a few think, people out there... I think it was going to be a really good that finish. ...that I respect that said... that, that reckoned Castro had him on toast, but, well, he, who knows, he could have worried him out of it, but had mm. he not jumped that last one, I still think that it would have been a pretty close finish. I think but, it would have been close, yeah. Um, yeah, who knows, uh, from the reports that I got, the, the Chains of Honor felt felt the fire being... Um, that being sent from Castro, and that was half the reason he put in a bad jump, so... I don't know. Chains of Honor was probably a better flat horse than Castro, so who knows whether he would have been able to fight back or not. But all I know is Castro, uh, John Lake, stable, seven from their last seven, absolutely flying on the flat and over the jumps. So you can't you can't knock winning form. Race yep. four, which was the JJ Houlihan. Well, we saw. We, I thought we'd see something pretty special as we touched on the podcast and it was a dollar twenty Stern Idol versus $3.80 Balax 1. I wanted to be against Stern Idol and my confidence grew and grew on our way to the races and at the races on Sunday. Um, Lots of good yeah, judges were tipping Mike Simon to our respect. Well, yeah, Rick, Rick's normally pretty good with his assessment. Um, so it's always a good tip in the cap when when you have them but when you've got Shane Jackson and Mike Simons who I regard as the, the A1 and A2 sort of gurus in our sport when they were tipping it I was pretty confident and then it wasn't hard to uh, hard to, to see in the form guy that this horse had ran third at a Cheltenham festival mm. so to put it into context punters Big Blue, when he was probably at the top of his game over here, and he went to Cheltenham, um, he was absolutely spanked, to put it lightly. Um, so normally the, the good Irish form will hold up anywhere in the world. It's as, it's as good as it gets, really. So this horse to run third at Cheltenham was always going to be massive, massive chance to, to run in this race. Stern, nothing, taking nothing away from Stern Idol. He, he had good form in France. Um, before he came over here, but as I predicted, Steve Pateman had never been in a race against Stern Idol, um, and Stern Idol had been able to dictate in his races. Um, it was a 
bit of an interesting ride, I thought, on Stern Idol. Like, he sort of jumped with them, sort of stayed back. They slacked it off, and he sort of sent him forward, but... Any commentary why? the 1,000-meter mark, there was only one... Any commentary no, why they just haven't gone know. straight to the front here oh. and tried to break him open? It was a funny one. Not too sure. Um, yeah, there wasn't really too much said about it. Um, who knows? It, they could have been trying to teach the horse something to... You know, it was only his third start over here, so they they are probably trying to keep him tractable but, and teach him a few things, but who knows? Um, there was every reason to be scared stiff of Balak's one and and the, that they probably were in the end at the 1,000-metre at the mark. There was always one horse you wanted to be on and it wasn't Stern Idol, so we saw something pretty good and in the reports, um, Steve reckons this is possibly the best horse he's ever ridden. Wow. It's um, it makes me very emotional that I have to wait seven months to see this horse again because <laughs> he could be an absolute star. Just for the listeners, will he have a couple flat runs over that seven months, or do you reckon he just goes for a spell? Possibly. Well, it's hard to know. You would, if he was mine, I'd put him away, but um. Yeah, I don't know. He wasn't disgraced on the flat, but the the flat race is only going to get better and mm. on firmer ground. This is a horse that could win so much money next season. Like, there's prize money boosts coming for jumps racing. Jumps racing is just on an ever-going rise. Like, it's only going to get bigger and better. This horse will repay you in spades. Don't run him on the flat just for the sake of it. Just... Just put him away, school him. He's going to be a star. Yeah, I don't sure. think they're going to jeopardise that. Sandy McGregor and Steve Bateman are two of the smartest horsemen going around. They'll do the right thing, and I would be surprised if he was to have a flat run. But yeah, if they take him there, they take him there. Um, race four. Move on to the fifth race, the Kira Mars Steeplechase. Race five. Oh, I don't like bagging horses. But I'm not backing this horse again. That being Roland Garros. He he was a bit of a default selection in the end because I half wanted to back him last start at Coleraine and I didn't back him and he won. But he's he's an all or nothing sort of horse. If it's all if it's all his own way, he's a superstar. Soon as it gets tough, nah. Throws it in. When the ball's there to be won, put your head over it. There's no head over it. <laughs> Steps aside. Tell, when uh, no hard balls. So Bungle Birdie obviously took it to him a long way out, and this was the the horse who was crunched and betting. And I knew our fate about eight hundred out. I reckon. You could just see well, he started to come under pressure because post 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 race. Lee actually said that. He knew that if you put pressure on Roland Garros, hmm, it was a perfect ride. There might not be a whole lot there. So and it was. Wasn't. Yeah. Look, Brungle Birdie had his convictions. If you were happy enough to butter up, you've been duly rewarded. But uh, look. It's I guess a $4.60 SP in the crisp has to. It has to call for something. It has to account for something. Yeah, well, 
it has. Maybe getting on that slightly wetter ground. It is worth noting something that did get under my guard, so I do apologise here. The shades went back on. Mm, yeah. And that has probably focused the horse a little bit here. Um, it's a gear change that I've I've seen over the the season when the shades have gone on it's normally given that little bit more so it's probably a bit of a, a slip up from me but I don't know if I'd seen the shades back on he's he's a horse that's had a lot of chances and has been a short price favourite and been turned over by some average horses so I don't know whether I could have butted up but um, let's move on yeah, to the feature as the, as the theme of the day as the, the theme of the day we started on a high and we got to a low. No lower than the last race, unfortunately. There's no shying away my love for Flying Agent. Um, he looked a treat. Uh, <clears throat> the race went sort of sort of how I thought it would. I thought that he may be a touch further forward uh, in the run, which he was. Um, the commentary post-race in my discussions with Connections and Amy. He got up on the steel quite a bit um, as they'd crossed us the first time. He dropped his head beautifully, as as I'd said to you when we were watching it, Benny. He was going so good that he could nearly have fallen asleep while he was running around. like His head was nearly touching the ground. He was just beautiful and relaxed, going real good. And then Lee sort of had to let him roll sort of around that sort of mid-section because he was just going sort of a bit keen and if you fight if you fight these horses over these longer trips they can they can undo themselves before before you before you need them so he had to let him roll and obviously Sinanik had had a fall this season it was his first time over the bigger fences so I, I fully understand why Lee went because Lee presses the button someone behind him makes a mistake it's game over. They can't catch her. So I understand why he went. Um, looking at the race now, that's twice that he's been beaten in the national. I think he's a little too brilliant for forty five hundred meters. Mm, just sees like him I out. think that just sort of sees him out. Forty two, forty two hundred meters is is yep. is as long as he wants it in the crisp, and that's fine. Like there's plenty of races between thirty four or thirty two hundred to to 4,200 for him. I'd be very surprised if he goes to a national again. I think it just sort of sees him out. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, he's a champ. Look, he's been beaten less than a length. Exactly. And he hasn't yeah. seen out the trip against a horse who is an up-and-comer. Look, he's a reasonable jumper. I didn't think that he would beat him, that he would be able to beat Flying Agent, but he's had that perfect suck run in behind. He's made no mistakes. Um, which has been something out of the normal, out of normal with him for the. He's been making mistakes all this season. Obviously, he's had a couple mm. of falls and he hasn't jumped super over the hurdles, but he's maybe that's really well. sparked him up going to the bigger fences. Yeah, so that's another thing worth noting here, punters. He's been blessed to be on the minimum here. He's not half the horse flying agent is, and that's no disrespect to Sanarica. His his challenges are only going to get harder next season because he's going to have to carry weight now. Is he and a grand annual horse still? It'll be probably the last time that he beats flying. Could he still so get into that up. race next year? Yeah. Well, he could, yeah, it depends if, if they go that way. It hmm. looks like he's going to stay all day. 
it is worth noting out of the family. So this horse isn't even bred to be a stayer. This he, the the bloodlines are meant to be between a nine fifty five and sort of the twelve hundred <laughs> meter horse. This horse really? wasn't even bred to be a stayer, yeah. and he's been able to stay forty five hundred meters. So by the sounds of it, he may push towards a a uh, Jericho Cup at the end of the year. Mm, but I'd, I reckon he's had a pretty big season. I'd be surprised if he went to there. They'd probably just right. get him ready for next season. But yeah, he could he could go to uh, a Grand Daniel next year. We've got to quickly touch on this. Um, he wouldn't be able to win a brightly. We've got to quickly touch on the we'll New Zealand horse. The, the toppy. Um, kind of got headed. Huge Flying run. agent took took over and he kind of went back to fourth. And he's come with a real wet sail late. So much so that Sean Fillon has stood up in the saddle and given the big salute and he's been done by a head. He mustn't have had a hear Rick's call. He must have just thought he got his nose down because I... We could mm. sort of see that he was like riding the horse out yeah. and really pushing his neck down late. And he obviously must have just thought he got his nose down, not sort of knowing the camera angle. But Wouldn't know the track. Rick was pretty confident in his call. Rick yeah. was pretty confident in his call. He, he called Sananica home. so Rick nailed it, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was pretty embarrassing for the New Zealander, but he got conditions to suit. Um, yeah. He he's not a better horse than Flying Agent either, but he he sort of just was the stronger late. Um, Valak ran surprisingly well. He was only beaten ten. He doesn't stay though. He's not to this to this extent. It'll be the last time you see Valak out over these longer trips, I would think. Something had to run for him. He'll go to a Briley. The top three had panels on him. Yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I don't think Valak's too bad, but like when you're talking the same conversation no. as Flying Agent well it's different yeah, not in the same gravy Alrighty. anyway it was a bit emotional I'm still very emotional <laughs> I don't really want to talk about it there was it tears hurts. last night that's it it hurts punters but we move on uh, it's not even it. it's not even the fact of losing money it's the fact of just seeing your favourite horses lose I don't give a shit about the money. I had them both going for a fill-up. I don't care about that. I just want to see good horses win. Deep cuts. Anyway. Very, very, very deep. <laughs> Let's quickly touch on likely fields for this Pulled week and, and then and then we'll wrap it up. Uh, Trav Noonan posted them and they're looking pretty hot. Fiend Stakes, Mr. Brightside, Earlswood, Spanish Mission Sound, Forgot You, Uncle Bryn, R.I.P., an inspirational girl. We did learn that Zaki could be going to this race instead of the tramway if Sydney does cop a bucket of rain and Mooney Valley is a bit drier, but I'd say that's highly, highly unlikely. Um, Chautauqua Stakes, we see uh, Uncommon James. He's the Rupert Clark second favourite now. He's just been replaced as favourite. We see him go over 1,200 metres at the Valley, in the McEwen, the likes of In the Congo, The Inferno, Zoo Style, uh, Oxy Road, Extremely Lucky, Rothfire, Yulong Command, Away Game in Coolangatta. That could be one of the hotter races this Saturday. 1,000 metres, Group 2. Uh, and then as I touched on, you've got the, the tramway. Zaki will be the favourite there uh, in front of Profondo, Colding, uh, Halal and Ice Bath. And then the Challenge uh, 1,600 metres, um, 
a couple of good horses going there as well. Montefilia hinged. Surefire, surefire could be uh, could be at the Valley, could be here in the Chelmsford. Um, Great House, Stockman, Crystal Pegasus, Profondo's uh, dual nommed. So the good racing continues. Um, any thoughts on anything early or we're not thinking about betting right now, Nico? I don't want to have a bet. <laughs> yeah. It's Futures. gotten that bad, punters, today. When they got when they got through the form segments, and normally RSN will go on in the morning and it'll go off at 1 o'clock when it finishes. As soon as they started talking about today's racing, turned it off. off. I don't want to know about it. I don't want to think about it. I'm so hurt right now. <laughs> I might not even have, I might not even have a bet on Saturday. I'm serious. And I'm probably going to suggest bets on on Thursday night and not even back them. That's how emotionally damaged I am right now. I had to beg Nico just to come on the podcast, or else I would have done it by myself. I'm doing this for I'm doing this for you, not for me. <laughs> oh, no, I appreciate it. You're laughing like it's funny. It's not funny. It fucking hurts. Mate, we move on. Oh. We move on. I bet it's more than it should. <laughs> you know what? At least you don't back for Carlton. At least you didn't no, have to sit yeah, there. No, yeah, I back for Essendon. Even worse. Oh, I don't know. Maybe it is worse, but at least you didn't have to sit there on the final day of the year and see your team in the top eight for 99% of the whole year and lose with the final kick of the day. Anyway, punters. At least you've been beaten on your merits. <laughs> you've only got yourselves to blame. You've had two absolute chances and you've coughed it up. Oh, I'm not, I'm not saying we didn't. It just hurts so much. We, we played good against Melbourne. We played good against Collingwood. We are, a, we are a top eight team. I don't care what anyone says. And we've just absolutely... We have blown it. Like, you wouldn't want to come, come up against Carlton in an elimination final at the G. Tell me that's not a scary proposition if you've, if you've finished fifth. Anyway. No, but you've only got yourself to blame, unfortunately. Oh, yeah, I'm not arguing. I'm not arguing with that. We certainly do. All right. We're going to wrap it up there, punters. It's silly season now for you and I. Starting to rabble. Um, that's exactly right. We'll be at the races. Um, hopefully we see you there as well this Saturday at the Valley. A couple of nice races. Hopefully yeah. the rain can stay away. Cheers. I'm working on time. I'm upset. 50,000 on my head is disrespect. So offended that I had to double check. I'ma always take the money over sex. That's why they need me out the way what you expect. Got a lot of blood and it's cold They keep trying to get me for my soul Thankful for the women that I know Can't go 50-50 with no hope Every month I'm supposed to pay her bills and get her what she want I still got like seven years of doing what I want My dad still got child support from 1991 Out of town Pop a lot of shit and come around. Where the flock of Jody here.